What is up, everybody? I have Mr. Eric Barber across from me today, and we are going to talk about the back bar. Now, Eric, we're not going out for cocktails, unfortunately. No. Uh, it is 8 a.m. Uh, yeah, at, at press time. Yep. So, uh, But uh, back bars on bows. You have one on your bow. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see Eric's bow. It's all set up here yep. today. He's got a back bar on it. I don't have a back bar on my bow. That's why I didn't bring it in, because it's kind of irrelevant. I've never uh, put a back bar on it. I've been thinking about putting a back bar on it. I actually have a back bar. I was getting ready for a recent hunt, and I'm like, you know what? I'm changing a lot of things, but I'm just going to not do that yet, even though it's on my mind. Now, the archery shop that I went to, every bow that I went, that I saw there, that a person brought in, Mm -hmm. all back bars. They're hot right now. They're so hot right now. Now, Remy Warren was recently at Vortex. We did kind of a, a rundown on his bow. Yeah. One of the m- most insane killers out there. Yep. No back no bar. No back bar. Exactly. I, when I look at a back bar, I, I think the first thing you got to do is you got to take a step back and, and identify what do the what is the intent of stabilizers on a bow? What are they for? Yes. And I guess what's in a name, right? Exactly. Stabilizer. Exactly. So what you like to to consider a back bar, you first got to look at the whole stabiliz- stabilization system as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, you see there's a front bar on this and a back bar off the back. Mm-hmm. Um my setup, I have a, a 10 degree drop on my front bar and I have two ounces of weight on the end. The reason for that is I'm trying to pull weight away from the bow and lower lower the, the center of gravity of it. Mm-hmm. So the, one of the best analogies in regards to the front bar that I've ever heard is like picture a hockey stick, right? And you're holding it by the, the blade of the stick. Okay. So you have all the weight in your hand and you have just a light handle pointing outward. Well, you can whip that thing all over the place, right? But now if you reverse your grip on that hockey stick and you're holding it by the handle and you have the blade out at the front, all your weight is at the front, it's harder to move that thing laterally, left to right. Okay. So that is your, that's, that's the, the, the reason that people run some of these longer front bars and put weight out on the front. So your goal here, like you might think about a, a stabilizer and be like, okay, if the goal is to add weight, why are they made out of carbon fiber or something that's super light? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not so much the weight, it's where is the weight. So the goal here is a very light carbon blade with a couple ounces of weight all the way out at the end. So that's front bar. Backing up now, you look at the back bar, and if you if you're again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that there's quite a bit of difference here in the amount of weight that I have on the back. So I have one, two, three, I have four, four uh, one ounce discs of weight on my back bar as opposed to two in the front. Mm-hmm. The goal of a back bar is more of that lateral up and down movement. So that's what you're trying to mitigate there. Um, typically, you'll hear kind of best practices people recommend double your weight on the back, what you have on the front. So that's exactly what I have. I have two, two ounces up front, four in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, shorter in the back. Though. Shorter in the back. So mm-hmm. I have a uh, 10 inch on the front, eight inch on the back. Okay. I've messed around with a 12 inch on the front and an eight on the back. Um, I haven't really found one to be like too long. I probably wouldn't go a whole lot longer than 12. That kind of seems to be about my limit because you got to think too, as you add weight to your front bar, that pushes the length of it out too. So you could have a 12 inch bar with say four ounces of weight 
that's going to push that thing north of 13 inches. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. going to it's going to lengthen it up a little bit. Um, so okay, that's a high level overview on on stabilizers as a whole. Why I ended up adding this thing to my setup uh, probably just over a year and a half ago was I was kind of having some issues with target panic, and okay. I think what I was going through it was something that was a lot in my head and not something that was actually. You know, I was I was making a problem out of something that I was perceiving, and what I was perceiving was pin float. Mm-hmm. So my pin, um, I was I was getting anxiety when I was shooting at some of these longer distances, 60, 70, 80 yards, that my pin wasn't really, the float was too erratic. You're, you're having to essentially, or so here's what I'm yep. gathering. Because of your pin float, you felt like you were having to time the shot exactly. and punch the release. Exactly. Okay. So the reason then that I ended up adding this back bar is I knew a, a lot of my, my erratic movement was up-down. Okay. So I would have good left, right. Interesting. Yep. I was, it was hard for me to keep it perfectly up down when I was, you know, at full draw. Uh-huh. And I don't want that to come across the wrong way. I don't want people that are listening to think like, oh, you need to have your pin sit perfectly still in the target. That's not the intent here. You, you want to, and, and you need to embrace that, that pin float. But the goal of stabilization systems is to control it and keep it at a level that, that feels com- comfortable for you as the shooter. Right. So I messed around with, um, you know, I went to a local archery shop and, uh, the first thing I did is I started messing around with this adjustable in in the Matthews lineup. It's an adjustable V bracket. Every bow manufacturer out there, every stabilizer manufacturer is going to have something that does roughly this, Mm -hmm. this adjustable V bracket basically gives you endless travel. So I can kick this thing as far out as I want, as high up, as down low as I, as I'd like it to. Yeah, I was going to say, because I see some that it's just, you know, straight and straight. Yep. That's what people do. And like you said, you've got it canted down on the front. You've got it kicked out, yep. you know, on the back. So I guess, and you just experiment with that then? Yeah. So there's there's different systems. There's the static bars that, like you mentioned, are just straight off the back. Mm-hmm. Those are great. Do the same thing. They add weight to the, to the back and rear of the bow um, and, and help mitigate your, uh, your up-down pin float. They're not as customizable as something like like a adjustable bracket, so they're a little bit more affordable too. This is a little pricier, but it gives you much more customization. So what I started doing when I was at the archery shop and kind of messing around with this is uh, I set up this this rear stabilizer as I have it right now with four ounces in the back, mm-hmm. and I would just start. I, I would go in the range. I would draw back at, at you know a, a forty yard target close my eyes and kind of open them up once I was at anchored and everything and just see what my bubble level looked like. So the first thing I was just trying to correct was I didn't want to have to like open my eyes and then, okay, now I got to cant my bow one way. I wanted this stabilizer to automatically bubble out my, my level and make it plumb. So, so that, that was the first thing. The second thing that I was doing was trying to, to, uh, do my up down on it which was, or uh, sorry, my, my height, the, the angle height. Mm-hmm. And uh, by playing with that, I was able to just kind of, again, that's the reason that it's going a little bit lower, is I'm trying to bring lower weight to the bottom, or more weight to the lower bottom half of the bow. Okay. And the reason for that, again, is just to help kind of make that, that pin float up, down, a little bit more controlled. I mean, okay, so is it giving it essentially like a lower center of gravity? Exactly. That's exactly what it's doing. And okay. that's that's why you'll see a lot of guys, especially on the target side of things, running these um, 
front bra- front front bars that have a uh, you know 10, 15, 20, 25 sometimes degree drop in it. So this is a little um, piece that I got from 365 Archery, I believe. Yes, and uh, and um, basically this you can choose from a 5, 10, 15, or 20 degree drop. So you can experiment with all that stuff, um, and it's also a QD for taking your front bra out so and that's so that's one thing that i was going to bring up and i noticed that you have on this one and i've seen on others it's like okay you got you kind of got a lot going on here there's a lot sticking off the bow maybe you need to put it in a case you know like i don't know it's just kind of like a pain to take things on and off your bow or it can be but that that looks pretty simple you know having a quick disconnect like that so and same concept in the back uh quick qd um that pops out and just slips right into the bracket so um, when it comes to transport, what I typically do is I'll have my bow with my stabilizers off of it in the main part of the case. I'll strap it in there, and then I'll obviously have my stabilizers removed, and I'll put those in a separate sleeve. That way they're not in there loose, bouncing around. Stabilizers are heavy. You don't want them hitting your sight when you hit a bump on the road or you're right. flying in a plane or something. So that's kind of the intent on uh, on the, the um, quick disconnects. Mm-hmm. You feel like you've noticed a pretty big difference? Yeah. So when I started, um, I, I guess when immediately, once I put this thing on there, I, I noticed that the biggest change I, I kind of perceived was at that, those longer distances, 60, 70, 80 yards. And really what I was noticing is my, my pins weren't so erratic when I was at full draw. Um, so it made shooting at those longer distance a lot easier and my groups kind of shrunk up. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I was able to do is, uh, and this is probably the more um, important of the two, is is target panic. I was able to kind of remedy that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I really trusted that when I was at full draw, my pins are on the target. I knew that they weren't going to go anywhere. So it it helped me really, like, I I shoot with a wrist strap release still. I don't shoot with a a hinge or a back tension or anything like that. I'm right there with you. And I have messed around with some back tension style, uh, specifically the knock-on back strap. Mm -hmm. And that was a really good, like, trainer tool for me during this process when I was getting through this. Basically, as a tension style release, that thing is going to be set to break at a certain poundage of force. Mm -hmm. Um. So what I did there is I tightened that thing up where it was going to, you know, let's say my holding weight was 14 pounds. I wanted it to break at like 17, 16 and a half, something like that. So basically you're encouraging that hold, hold, pull, pull, pull through the shot, flexing and you're bringing your shoulder blades tighter together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that essentially is, is what you're, how your, your bow or your release triggers. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say, so I've been experimenting with something similar to that you know, this yep. season as I've been been getting my bow set up and, you know, I'm speculating mm-hmm. here, but what I'm wondering is if actually I do need to, um, start working on some additional stabilization mm-hmm. possibly with the back bar, because I was finding when I was really like trying to get it to break with almost like predominantly back tension. Yeah. And again, maybe I need, I, I, I'm thinking, it's like I'm diagnosing myself right now, so buckle up, everybody. Uh, but uh, not mentally yet. Uh, Next episode. I was actually getting like 
more pin float because I was like holding, 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 and sure. like really trying to work at you know getting yeah. it to break, which I think I needed to meet more in the middle. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, I'm trying to do this right, but I'm making my shot worse. Exactly. And, and, and that could be like slightly part of the process, but I yeah. think actually I needed to be also squeezing through the shot exactly. a little bit more. And, and and kind of backing up to that, that's what I did. Is I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of whenever you're shooting a wrist strap release, shorten that thing up as best you can. Mm-hmm. It's not a there are that is an area where the firearm world to the archery world does not parallel. So in the in the uh, firearm world, you want your trigger to be right on that first pad of your finger so you can just break right through your shot. Mm-hmm, Archery mm-hmm. world, I want as much of that trigger grabbed into my finger as possible. If I can get it on the first pad, that's great. Typically what I do is I'm right in that middle pad on my index That's kind of where I'm sitting. And yeah. and then what that does is that gives you a little bit more bite. You also have less dexterity there. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're less prone to flicking your finger and flicking the trigger. Um, and, and essentially, if you can picture um, when you're at full draw with a wrist strap release, hook your, your index finger over that trigger, uh, over the release trigger. And as you're bringing your shoulder blades together, you're simply trying to pull your hand through the release, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So you're not really using your finger. You're, ju- you're using back tension to activate a trigger fingered release. Mm-hmm. So... Again, the big takeaway was that I knew my pins were going to stay where they were, and it kind of helped me get more of that like surprise release, which helped me kind of, I wouldn't say cure target panic entirely, but it helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I know we're kind of coming up on time, but uh, uh, I think anytime you talk about back bars, you need to talk about, well, how maneuverable is it? You're adding another, you're, it's a kickstand. You actually hit my last question. Yes. I'm thinking, you know, either on the ground or in the tree. You just have more stuff. Exactly. And it, I mean, it, it, it didn't get the name kickstand for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm, I'm pr- living in Wisconsin, passionate whitetail hunter. That's 95% of my hunting season is chasing mm-hmm. whitetails out of a tree, specifically out of a saddle. So something where you got a lot of stuff going on. Oh yeah. And I didn't notice any, any impact with this thing out of the last two years hunting with it year and a half, two seasons, whatever that is, of hunting with this system that would make me think otherwise about it. Um, if you picture a tree saddle, you know, you have those ropes that go up from your, it's, it would be your bridge that mm-hmm. comes up from your, the points of your hips onto the tree. Really, when you think about it, it's, it's essentially sticking off the bow only slightly more than your, your quiver is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the other thing too, if, uh, if, 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 if I was somebody that was building a bow right now from scratch and, and I was like, okay, I'm either going to, I, I don't have money for two stabilizers. I'm going to go one stabilize, stabilization system. I would strongly recommend that person to look into shooting their bow with a back bar before they shoot, before they add the front bar. The reason for Which that. Which is so crazy because forever, like, I mean, I can think to pre back bar, yep. right? You know, uh, BB, I guess as they'd. Exactly. BBB. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Before uh, back bar. Before. Um, the first thing that only, everyone did is they put a stabilizer only, on the front of their Only bow. on the front. Exactly. Right. And now, you know, if I was building a whitetail specific setup that I wanted to hunt solely out of a tree with and wanted to be as minimalistic as possible, but still make it hyper, hyper accurate, I would take that front bar off. I would probably have a little bit different sight, something that isn't as bulky as, you know, my, the, the spot hog hogfather is one of the biggest, it's a boat anchor of a sight. It's, it's big. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go with something a little bit more simplistic, probably a single pin mover. And, uh, I would set that thing for 30 yards 
and I would that would be my sight system, and my stabilization system would be an eight-inch back bar off the back with weight down low. By doing that, you're not going to have as much weight up here that you're going to need to offset. Mm-hmm. So you're also just going to be a lot more more uh, maneuverable. You're not going to have something sticking off the front. Sure. Again, what I would say to anyone that does have concerns about a long 10, 12, you know, 14-inch uh, front bar, your arrow sticks out uh, roughly 8 inches longer than a, than a 12-inch front bar. Sure. So don't worry about that. But if you're between two, definitely before you add weight to the front, mess around with putting it on the back and see how it feels. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see potentially, you know, I do hunt a fair amount of like thick country. Yep. And again, then this is like, I haven't done it yet, but I would, I would wonder if like, you know, it would hang up a little bit more, you know, on brush as you're trying to, you know, yeah. kind of get through some stuff yep. perhaps, which yep. I, you know, I hate dragging my stuff, my bow through brush. But, yeah. Um, yeah. The way I, I kind of look at it too, is I, you know, I carry my bow when I'm going through the woods. Um, quiver out so the back bar is essentially behind me so it doesn't hang up a whole lot because you're essentially you know leading with your leg yeah you know if you look at that mm-hmm. that's kind of i mean yeah the the boat the front is in line with your you know it's being blocked by your arm the, yep. the back is yeah so it's it, it is it extra stuff on your bow yes does it make the setup more complex yes but is, is it something that is going to uh, intimidate you? Should it be something that intimidates you? No. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's something that is definitely worth messing around with. Um, again, when people buy bows, like we said, the first thing that they do is they just throw a front bar off the front and they walk out of the archery shop, mm-hmm. which is fine. I think that works for a lot of people. Um, but you're spending that money regardless. Just mess around with the location before you kind of walk out of the shop. Yeah. Um, I think people would kind of be surprised what they what a a uh, a bow with simply a back bar no front bar would kind of balance out for them so balancing the equation balancing the, the bow equation yeah i like it well i think it's something i'm going to give uh give a go here and uh yeah i'm looking forward to it cool i dig it appreciate the talk i appreciate the talk of uh, your journey <laughs> it's uh it's been a long one but i think you know ultimately it definitely helped me feel more confident shooting and it made shooting more fun. You know, anytime you're out there at the range and you're battling stuff like target panic, your practice sessions become painful because you're chasing your arrows all over the place. You're making erratic sight movements. Um, you're getting frustrated with yourself because you're not grouping. You mm-hmm. know that something is wrong. So if that sounds like you, because that was a hundred percent me mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, this is something, it's not, it's not a magic pill. It's not going to fix target panic for you. Right. But it is a step that will help right you in the right direction. So. For sure. For sure. It's, I mean, and, and all this stuff, you know, it's like, this is one, one thing, right? You know, it's been a while since I've watched me a little manifest, Eric, but mm. it really is all connected. connected. I mean, it, you know, from, from the stabilization to your grip to, you know, all the stuff that we have going on with, with these bows, it is all connected. And I think, you know, eventually... You, you find the right equation sure. for you. Sure. You know, so, absolutely. Um, and this is one way that can help you do that. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you again, Eric. And uh, yeah, have you been running a back bar? Do you like back bars? Hate back bars? Uh, yeah. How are you, how are you getting uh, your bow to shoot? Uh, all that good stuff. Let us know. We're all here to learn. Drop it in the comments. Drop it in the comments. Hit us up. I want to shoot better. Let me know. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.